Good morning, everybody. So if you do not know me, I'm an extreme Disney fan. So when I was asked to talk about identity, I started to think about different ways that I could talk about my personal identity in a way that nobody has done so far and that could tie to a Disney movie. I wrote one other speech. If you ask a few people, they know me. But I decided to change my topic a couple days ago because I felt like God was pushing me to talk about this. With that being said, who has seen the movie Inside Out? Yeah. If you have not seen the movie, it is about a girl named Riley who is a happy, hockey-loving loving 11-year-old from the Midwest. But her world gets turned upside down when she and her parents have to move to San Francisco. Riley's emotions, led by joy, try to guide her through this difficult, life-changing event. However, the stress of the move brings sadness to the forefront. When joy and sadness are swept into the far reaches of Riley's mind, the only emotions left in the headquarters are anger, fear, and disgust. The movie goes through different memories that Riley has and the emotions she was experiencing during those times. In the long run, it goes to show that every emotion is important within the grand scheme of living life. However, there is always one emotion that is in control of the mind. In the movie, you see in Riley's mind, joy is the leader of her emotions, which is on the top. You also see that sadness is the leader of her mother's mind, and anger is the leader of her father's. Everyone has a different emotion that is the leader of their mind. Emotions play such an important role in our lives and the way that we interact with people. When we are sad, we tend to close off to other people and want to stay hidden from the world. When we are angry, we are hard to control, say hurtful things, and think little of the consequences. When we're scared, we avoid situations we aren't comfortable with, and we don't grow as a person. I can continue with all of the emotions that we face. However, it doesn't really mean much to you when I'm saying these things. Most people in this room don't know me. They might know of me, but they don't know me. I tend to stay within my group of friends or my teammates. And once you are around me for a while, you see that it takes a while for me to open up and share my story with you or others. So me just coming up here and saying that we need to change the emotion that is running our lives is just a statement that most of you are gonna forget. But me coming up here and being vulnerable might, be, might have a bigger impact on my talk. So if you know me, you know that my family is a very important part of my life. I talk to my parents probably way more than any normal college student. I share every detail of my life with them, getting their advice and just keeping them up to date on the life of Madison. I'm the youngest of three. My sister is four years older than me and my brother is a year and a half older than me. Growing up, we were all really close and I would consider them some of my best friends. So you could say that I would do anything for my family. I might have been the youngest, but I was always the first to threaten my sister's boyfriends, confront girls that wanted to date my brother who I knew weren't good options. I know my siblings would do the same for me, but I think I was the most vocal out of the three of us. To say the least, we were all very close and cared a lot about each other. This photo of my family and my siblings is from my freshman year of high school. My brother was a sophomore in high school and my sister was a freshman in college. During this time, I personally didn't think any bad thing could happen to my family. I thought we were in a safe town, we went to church, and I was just naive to the fact that bad things can happen to anybody. That was until November 7th of 2015. The night before, my parents left to go away for a weekend to celebrate their anniversary. So my siblings and I, as when you're alone, we stayed up late, watched a bunch of movies, ate a bunch of junk food, and played a bunch of random games. However, the next morning, I woke up to a text message from my brother's best friend at the time. 
He was asking me if Austin, my brother, was home. I didn't think much about it and got out of bed and asked my sister where my brother was at. She told me that he had left that morning to go to the baseball field to work on some fielding with a teammate. I can't recall the next messages from his best friend, but from those messages and a phone call from his mother, we figured out that a truck was rolled about five minutes from our house on the side of the road that looked exactly like Austin's truck. After that, we tried to get a hold of Austin, but it went to voicemail every time. And we tried to call our parents, but they were in a place that had no service. So the mother of Austin's friend came and picked us up and drove us to the crash site to see if the police could let us know whose vehicle it was. I remember pulling up to the crash site and seeing a black truck flip upside down. The metal fence was torn down and there was police everywhere. I remember looking at the truck and instantly knowing without having to ask the police that it was Austin's truck. The family friend went and talked to the police and they handed her a bag that contained Austin's hoodie that they had to cut off of him, his wallet, his phone, and a couple other things that, they had, that he had on him. They told us that they had to send Austin on a helicopter to, to the nearest hospital. We, at this point, we still couldn't get a hold of our parents, so we had to call our grandparents and told them what happened and how we were heading to the hospital. The next few memories are blurry from making it to the hospital, never letting go of my sister's hand, and finally getting a hold of our parents. The doctor's telling us that when Austin rolled his truck, he hit his head on the metal fence and it opened up his head, causing a severe brain injury and brain swelling. He was rushed straight into brain surgery when he arrived at the hospital. We weren't able to see Austin for a couple hours after arriving. When we were finally able to see him, he had staples holding the skin of his scalp together. They had a bolt sticking out of his head, which was measuring the swelling of his brain and everything on his entire body was swollen. My brother was in the ICU in Pueblo, Colorado for less than two days before the doctors decided that he was, it would be better for him to transfer to Denver Children's Hospital because they have more specialized doctors to handle his condition. We spent around two months at Denver Children's Hospital watching Austin struggle to breathe on his own, relearn how to eat, drink, walk, talk, and recover. I tell you this story because during this time, I was experiencing many emotions as I witnessed what was happening to my brother. But above every other emotion, I was angry. I was so mad that this happened to my brother, who I believed and still believe did not deserve this to happen. I was angry that there were other high school students that drove recklessly all the time, but they never got in a wreck. And one morning, my brother went off the side of the road and almost lost his life. I was angry that God put my life through this incredibly difficult time. I was mad that I, I was so mad that I couldn't see all the good that God did through this bad. God is amazing and extremely powerful. I'm, extre- I'm from an extremely small town, and when I say this, most of you won't believe me, but once the town found out that Austin got in a wreck, the icy room, uh, waiting room was packed with people, teachers, coaches, teammates, family, friends, and almost the whole entire town was sitting there waiting for us to receive more news. We had people bringing us food so we didn't have to leave the hospital. We had people who started a GoFundMe to pay for Austin's medical bills. We had people taking care of our dog. We had people cleaning our house, and that was just within the first couple days. The blessings that God gave us uh, to get through this were endless. When Austin was recovering, I would hear nurses and doctors constantly say, that he was moving through everything so fast. 
He was playing catch one day in PT with an old baseball coach, and the neurosurgeons were in shock that he was already at this point within a couple months. The doctors told us that he would never play any contact sport again and would never, probably never play baseball again just because of how severe the injury was. But within two months, he was playing catch, and within a year, he was practicing baseball for his junior year season. The problem with all of this is I didn't see those blessings and the miracles that God was giving Austin and my family. I only saw the anger. I would see the good, and I would get mad that he had to relearn how to play baseball. I didn't understand why Austin had to be in this situation. I was so angry that I missed all the good that happened. I say this story not to get any sympathy because this was such a growing experience for me and my entire family. Instead, I tell this story to show that if you allow yourself to be distracted by anger, sadness, or fear, you miss out on all the good that God is doing around you. Once I took a step back, which was probably over a year after it happened, I saw the good. I saw all the things that I missed. I saw that there were literally people praying around the world for my brother's recovery, and God answered those prayers. So I want to bring it back to the movie Inside Out. If you have seen the movie Inside Out, you can remember that most of Riley's memories were those contributing to Joy. Once Joy had gone, was gone from her headquarters, Riley started making questionable decisions, quitting hockey, skipping school, and running away from home. She was so consumed with anger, fear, and she was willing to disregard all of her core foundations to feel normal again. But once she was able to confront those emotions and Joy returned to headquarters, she was able to talk through her emotions with her parents and found the joy in the place that she was in. I want you to think about this question. If you could look into your memories, what color would be the most significant throughout your memories? I can't say for sure what color would be most dominant within my head. I know during certain parts of my life, there was definitely more significant emotions that controlled my actions and experiences. When we let an emotion control our lives, we allow that emotion to identify us. I allowed anger to identify myself during that time. It controlled my actions and I hated my life during that time period. If I wouldn't have allowed anger in the driving seat, I honestly think I would have appreciated the amazing people and blessings that were surrounding me. In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Because, for, because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. In Jeremiah 14.21, it says, Do not be turned from us in disgust. Because of your name, do not put shame on the seat of your glory. Keep us in mind. Let us not your agreement with us be broken. In John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. Take heart, I, will overcome the, I have overcome the world. In Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In Psalms 1, 18, 24, it says, in this day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And again in Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. God calls us to identify with joy. Live our life spreading the joy and the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. My brother will always have a severe brain injury, but that hasn't stopped him. He played college baseball for two years, got his welding degree, and is currently a very well-played welder at a major company in Colorado. My family will always have this scar, but we know that it has built us up and made our relationship with God and each other stronger than before. 
Learning from this experience, I know that I can never let anger in the driving seat again. I have to see that God was there every step of the way, and if anything bad happens to me again, God will be there holding my hand, walking with me the entire time. So I leave you with this question. Which emotion are you identifying with? Thank you.